0: Welcome to hashtag travel talks. It's your podcast on the latest digital trends in travel and tourism marketing. And here's your host, Nolly Nicholas.
1: So welcome to a new episode of Travelcast. and today I receive Hamed. Welcome, Ahmed. Thank you very much. So can you say can you tell us about more about you?
0: All right. Um, I, uh, by profession, I'm a digital consultant uh, who's very passionate about travel. Um, My brother and I uh, own our company, AKN Solutions, where we are partners of Adobe for Adobe Tools, and we help implement that with airlines, uh, telecom, uh, different companies. Uh, I had the opportunity last year to start up an airline, which was Sloop. uh, I just served as a role as a lead till it started up, and then uh, once it got started and formed, the team took over. Um, I traveled personally to 94 countries, so when I say I'm passionate about travel, I am really passionate <laughs> about travel. Yeah, uh, But my brother is even more passionate uh, than me. He's been to, I believe, over 120 or 130 countries. I lost count for
1: Okay, so can you tell us some more, I would say, a little bit bit more, how did you, I would say, uh, what did you do before starting into that, I would say, particular field?
0: Um, I did, my background was in, uh, I studied uh, economics in my undergrad, and I did my MBA in marketing and e-business, and uh, because my father was a, Uh, was always a techie and into computers. Uh, He got his PhD uh, in computer science from France. And uh, ever since we've had computers in our home, digital became part of our life uh, by just the virtue of it being there at home all day for computers. Uh, Got into internet in the 90s, started building websites in the late 90s uh, during my high school. And Uh, digital was always there for me. It's not something I had to necessarily specialize in a school for, but it it was always something I uh, enjoyed and loved. And um, uh, when I graduated from my MBA, I worked in Air Canada for three years, and then I did my own business for three years, uh, and I sold one of my startups. And then I got back into the uh, digital industry through uh, by working with WestJet, Swoop Airlines in Canada, and um, Uh, It grew into a partnership with a tech company, Adobe. I became a certified partner and uh, started specializing in implementing like marketing clouds and large digital uh, tools for uh, like big enterprises. And that's basically my career in a. It's (laughs) a a long
1: journey, so I think it's not. uh, We are still in the middle, so yeah, (laughs) yeah. So. I invite you because you did a presentation for the Digital Travel Summit on which you presented a case studies on which it was from day one to takeoff. So, and you say also starting uh, airline from scratch. Can you tell us more what did you present?
0: Um, it, the presentation focused on basically the idea of starting an airline from the moment it does not have a name. Uh, You sit in a meeting room, you have people that represent aircraft, marketing, digital, IT, all different parts. You sit on a table and you sit and design the idea of introducing an ultra low cost carrier, which is a cheap airline. And this was basically the idea behind uh, the presentation. I didn't speak much to the details because we're launching June twentieth, and uh, it's I basically spoke high level about how did we get that formation of a company, like how did you get there, from even picking the name to cre- uh, the domain name to the stories behind it. That was the real idea: is um, the strategy behind the, behind building a digital airline from scratch versus a legacy system was the comparative Uh, and everyone assumes that when you build something from scratch it's easier to do what you want uh, rather than to take a company and just uh, build incremental on improving it and what I presented basically is regardless whatever ecosystem you exist in whether new or existing the work is just as hard both. and uh, no you do not get your say fully Uh, into uh, from scratch. Uh, Everyone tends to think it's greener on the other side. uh, And if I had an opportunity to do it from scratch, it's better. I actually felt it's harder to do something from scratch because you are constantly adapting uh, to the new requirements and decisions change. Uh, Decisions don't mature as easily in the new ecosystem compared to a legacy system. So in a way, every system has its pros and cons.
1: Uh, but it's not all greener on the other side like people think. And uh, can you tell us what say, when you start, I would say, an um, airline, because you're not, let's say, Delta or would say Virginia Ways. I think, what do you think is the most important part when you're starting an airline, which is, which is, is the name or is to find out the, um, let's say, the customer journey for the airline?
0: So uh, uh, the way it's 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 being built right now, it's it's not about finding the customer necessarily journey. It's it's the team that you pick to start the path. I think is is the most important, and the team that starts it is basically the influencer of the blueprint or the strategy going forward for years. I think that was the biggest lesson learned in starting an airline from scratch or any of even any of my startups was that. You know, they say culture uh, eats strategy for breakfast uh, no. uh, or eats even strategy for breakfast, lunch and dinner. Uh, I actually think uh, it eats you all your life. Uh, if you don't have the right environment, uh, it's very hard to uh, to build uh, the strategy. Meaning the strategy is a layer on top of the people one influences the other, but at the end of the day, it doesn't change the other, meaning that you cannot have a strategy to change people from who they are. Uh, who you pick is pretty much uh, plus or minus where you're gonna move forward. And I think that is the number one uh, item whenever you're gonna build a company, uh, whether it's an airline or not. Mm-hmm. It's the startup team that you choose and from there, they select the technology and the processes and set the standard for other people to follow.
1: Yeah, and uh, I think you—I think you might heard about the the famous quote saying that if you build it, they will come. But it does also apply when you're starting out, say, an um, airline airline company or so.
0: Um, I'm 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 a big believer that. There is, if you build it, they will come. And if you build it, sometimes they won't come. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, they're a, it's partially true. So uh, I think any strategy when you build a business uh, from scratch, whether it's a startup, airline, a tour operator, I've got a chance to build a tour operator also from scratch. You know, I think the investment you put in picking the right people on the team, and it's funny because the right people could sound different to different people, meaning that the right people means, is that the smartest? Uh, Is that the most honest? Uh, Is it character? Uh, And I think character and competency are two attributes that cannot um, be an or statement, they're an and statement, meaning you have to have both, not one or the other. Uh, Of course, you never have the luxury of Uh, picking from a billion people, uh, whoever you would love, so sometimes you are forced to make trade-offs between character and uh, competency, uh, meaning that you might have to train an individual a bit longer than you envisioned when you wrote a job description. So I I would say build it, uh, they will come, has a lot of conditions that
1: are attached to it. And we heard a lot about, I would say, digital transformation. And what do you think? Which is the I would say the much easier it's to build something from scratch uh, starting now or being a legacy around company and using your, let's say, because you have a chest, have like a lot of money and manpower to build this digital transformation. So what do you think? Which is the, let's say, the most easier steps to go into the digital transformation?
0: I think uh, the word digital transformation, even though that is my title, but it's the most abused word uh, in, the, uh, in the digital industry, uh, meaning that it's it's uh, uh, digital is no longer a department that we transform. Uh, digital is a function of every job now in a company, from the finance to the accounting team, uh, 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 it's a part of who everyone is in the company. So even uh, uh, HR team will be picking a digital tool to, to transform their department. And, and when we speak of transformation, people think it's improved tool and uh, uh, just uh, this, this company that works really well, but at the heart of digital transformation is understanding why you're doing it, not what you're doing. I could come and say in an airline, we want to build uh, the best digital airline ever. Well, why? Why do we want to do that? Like, it's easy to say what you want, but why do you want to do that? Because why do you want to do that will dictate the fuel you have to move forward, meaning it will be the um, it will take you as long as possible if you have the right why, but if you don't have the right why, your car will run out of gas or your plane will run out of fuel pretty quick and you will not be able to get your digital transformation destination. So this is why uh, digital transformation at its heart is not the technical strategy or should you get Adobe Analytics versus Google Analytics or all of that. These are important discussions that come after clearly understanding why you're doing it and the motivation behind it. For example, I I could say part of digital transformation is uh, when we build an airline, you could instead of going in and searching from one airport to another, you could search from one Uh, a house to another house, meaning that if you are in Geneva in a house and you wanted to fly to Paris to your friend, can um, an airline pick you up from the door and take you to the airport and give you the whole process seamless? That would be digital transformation. Uh, And in the same time, uh, another airline from scratch could do opposite to that and just focus on uh, making sure that you never meet any uh, uh airline employee you basically scan your way all the way till you get to the plane and that is also digital transformation but the why's for both are really different one wants to make your experience flying easy the other one wants to make your experience door to door easy and there might be different
1: motivations for both and do you think that's we could use the word i would say the uber of airlines or it's also uh overused words <laughs>
0: um I think every industry has its own uh, like look and feel. And uh, airline is a little bit harder than anything else because the asset at question is not as common as a house or um, uh, like for uh, Airbnb or uh, like a car for Uber. A plane is a little bit more uh, rigid, meaning it it falls really under heavy regulation. And and this is where, this is why a lot of companies have had a difficult time uh, transforming the airline into that Uber sort of title. That doesn't mean it's not possible in the near future, it just means you're waiting on an event to happen that maybe it's uh, uh, airplanes without pilots, maybe uh, 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 airplanes that use uh, renewable energy and they're not as uh, costly for uh, jet fuel. Uh, So, uh, like, you're waiting for a disruption to happen that will enable another disruption uh, for airlines. Uh, Unlike other industries, the assets were just underutilized, and the current disruptions in the airline industry are mainly incremental, not true disruptive, meaning that maybe Google Flight Search will do a better job uh, pricing for you or kayak. It's mainly an improvement from yesterday, uh, but it's not a totally different way of flying. It's not you dictating the price on the plane or going on a map and saying, I want to go from here to here. What is the cheapest way to get there in a combination of cars and flights? We haven't reached that level yet. And it's mainly because it's a heavily regulated industry that, uh, change is not as easy as other industries and you cross borders <clears throat> with planes. And this is always a topic of national security. You no, know? uh, what you allow in one country might not be allowed in another. So you can disrupt the domestic market, but be unable to disrupt the international market as easily. Just to change a check-in boarding pass process in an airport does not give you the openness to change it in
1: every airport in the world. Okay, so we we find um, RY. We have the jets, we have the people. So what next after that?
0: Uh, for for disruption in the travel industry. Yeah, I think it will focus mainly around the millennials and experiences, uh, meaning that uh, uh, people don't want to do more of the tuna tourism, just pack them in a can and put them in a resort and uh, Mm -hmm. do the same thing over and over and just seven days and do nothing, even though the people are stressed. And but I I think people are looking for adventure uh, out of the box, and this is one of the themes that are coming up. Uh, It is how do you how do you uh, differentiate tourism uh, from what it is right now? And how do you create something that's outside of the box? It could be, for example, instead of hotels plus flights, uh, houses plus flights, apartments plus flights. Uh, and it's a different experience. Instead of going to the same hotel zone, you want to experience the local uh, lifestyle in uh, India or in Japan, and you just go to a house and it might be cheaper overall. So people will do that. It could be Airbnb and airlines, uh, you know, align uh, aligning up to create this new disruptive, um, uh, way of travel that's outside of the hotelier world and does not, uh, limit your, your, your postal code to, to a specific region with malls and just temples. It might be way more than that. Living with locals and seeing their lifestyle, and going on a farm, and uh, something completely different. And I think this is part of what's coming up: is just changing the way people experience countries outside of the repetitive themes of uh, uh, like tourism zones.
1: Okay. And do you think do you <clears throat> do you think that airlines should be I don't know maybe invest into like startup like I don't know Uber. Uh, and also into hotels, and finally into, if we would say, tour operator. So in order that someone who wants to book a ticket, for example, for Nepal, they don't have to worry. As uh, maybe I uh, can book my flight and also my Uber and some hotels at all at the same place. What do you think about the that kind of ecosystem?
0: Um, I think that's a really good question, which is which way should airlines go? And it goes back to the idea of why. Why are you disrupting or innovating? And if the question is we want to increase revenue, then you might just stick to in improving your ancillary revenue uh, from the time they arrive to the airport till the time they leave. If your question is, I want to improve guest experience to uh, something that we've never done before then that is uh, one way you can do it. If the other question is no, we want to actually increase uh, our timeline with the customer and we don't want to be just airport to airport service and we want to be able to provide a guest experience that that is beyond the jet. So in this case, as innovation, you will, uh, you will invest into Uber or someone that will pick you up from home and Possibly, if you're flying out of secondary airports and domestic, like let's say Frankfurt Hahn Airport versus the main, uh, you might be able to disrupt by doing services where people don't have to go through airports anymore and they can be dropped off at the bottom of the jet. Uh, this yeah. this is uh, at secondary airports much more possible than at main airports. It's just about getting around regulations and uh, what can be done to make service easier and faster. So. But depending on the why of each airline and it is different uh the investment innovation should be aligned to your core beliefs it doesn't ha- mean you have to invest more in jets but just on why do you exist as a business uh, some people start with a why and get off the track and head into another why of uh, uh like uh imitating their competitor and they lose the compass of why they do things and hence innovation becomes really stagnant. No matter how many times you say the word digital transformation, it still will not resound within the company because the company's eyes are just focused on the competition, not truly living their own uh, values. Uh, It's like you're living in another person's shoes instead of your own, and why innovation becomes really hard for them. So how to do innovation will have to go back to your why. I think airlines should not, stick to airlines to increase revenue. Uh, I think there are opportunities outside of the airport, uh, within Uber, within uh, houses, within tour operators, within even, uh, 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 it could be creating your own digital agency to hoard technology talent. Uh, There's so many things that can be done uh, that I can think of and, and that I've personally worked on and I've seen some succeed and some fail, but it all comes back to, clarity on the why if executives believe in the why in any organization they tend to communicate that down and people buy into it and there's this real authentic uh, transformation for innovation that exists sort of it's like the seeds to innovation and the reason some organizations say innovation and don't get innovative is because uh, the why is not real even if it's written on a vision and mission statement
1: it is not carried out daily and why did any company, I would say, did that or act- are actually doing that? Why they, they don't take the steps to create a frictionless, I would say, journey for their customer?
0: In general, building organizations or any democratic institution uh, has its uh, natural bureaucracy to it. Uh, meaning that you don't have one person managing everyone's job. You, you have a group managing a group and it's layered. And uh, over time, uh, priorities shift from what got you there. Like when you started up the company, you had a big idea, you seek it, you get there. It's like someone had a goal to get married. They get married. You don't continue having the goal to get married. So you change goals. So you're like, well, I want to have a happy marriage. Mm-hmm. So you shift goals in a company, just like you shift goals in a relationship, and you shift goals in any other thing. And what happens is sometimes you lose the compass of what got you there, that you have to sustain that, and you have to breed again innovation in the company, and you have to continuously soul search on why you're doing what you're doing. Sometimes the answer is not obvious, uh, and you got to search for it. And sometimes you have to fail a few times to recalibrate your why. And I think this is part of the reason why uh, building up frictionless companies is, is difficult uh, because you have built an organization for a certain purpose. And when you come and change that purpose, well, the company is not built for that new purpose. So you have to reprocess and you actually have not to just teach people, but to help them forget uh, what they have learned because yeah. <laughs> what, what got you there is a filter. And that filter, if it continues, everyone will work with that filter. That's why a lot of people in the company always say uh, the most famous statement, well, we always did it like that. And what they mean is when we had a clear why we did it in a certain process, you came and initiated something new. So if you're going to do that, why would i believe that why how would i buy into this and that's why transformation is difficult because an innovation is more difficult because it, it's a way of moving you from the stable uh, to another destination that might seem unstable and unclear and people don't like change that might sound that's unclear people like change that ha- have clarity around it uh, they, they love to improve their lifestyle Their I don't think people hate change, but I think a lot of types of change are hated. Uh, And especially the ones that are unclear, where you don't know what tomorrow will bring, what you don't know if there's stability or not. People like to see change and people like to feel that they're going to be part of the change. They'll be successful at it. So a lot of it deals with emotions and ego more than it is just that vision of getting to build the new phone or the new airline or all of that. It's just clarity on why we're doing
1: what we're doing. I think also they want to play, I would say, safe and don't take any risk because it's...
0: There is a way to to create change. Well, not an unrisky change. I I think to differentiate, it's if, if people can see what's in your head, your context. It's like if you speak to me in French and I answer in English and we both don't speak each other's language, you don't feel comfortable. And it has the same element. You need context to allow people to understand what's in your head. And in your head, you're like, uh, that sounds like a lot of work. And I'm not, I don't know how to do that. But if I came and told you, hey, listen, uh, can, can you think of any new ideas to create fantastic design, something that you specialize in, then it's a little bit different. It's breaking it down to people's language that I think creates that sense of high unnecessary risk everyone every day takes a big risk when you get in a car you take a risk when you you take a risk there is not a person on earth even the most risk averse person is taking a daily risk but they're comfortable taking that risk because they understand the context they're up if i came and told you x percent of people get into car accidents you don't feel like the whole population will stop driving because a percentage of us will get into an accident it's just you know and you understand the context of the risk. And I think any change or any transformation is important. Uh, When you buy a brand new car, you're not worried that the car has changed from the previous year and it has better. You trust that it has better safety features. You trust it has better navigation. You trust that the engine is better on fuel. You trust that. So change in general does come with risk, but it's the masters of transformation that know how to communicate that transformation Across the team to make everyone uh, feeling inclusive, involved. That doesn't mean that everyone will accept it. You'll always have a percent of people, just like the car accidents, that will stand against the change and fight it to death, even if it's explained properly. So, but but I do believe the mass uh, accept it if it's communicated properly and people feel safe in it. Then the risk is much more addressable.
1: Okay, so. Uh, The last question is, I would say more personal, is what was your most um, memorable travel that you did?
0: most memorable trip that I did, uh, uh, it was a trip in uh, the Galapagos. Uh, I think uh, it it felt like I landed outside of Earth. and the animals and everything there is so unique that uh, i just don't remember swimming with sharks sea lions and iguanas on the same day <laughs> in my life <laughs> it, it is one of those that uh, honestly um, it's breathtaking and, and the more you see of earth i feel uh it's not the less likely you travel it's the more likely you travel it's a very beautiful world it's uh if we get through our, our uh uh to see it and it's all and accept the differences in the world you, you you get to see a very 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 beautiful uh uh like story to this that we're living in great times and uh, uh there is the bad and there's the good but there's a lot of good that trumps bad out there and i think travel does that and the galapagos uh, represented that it was uh it was great to see uh, the animals and living in their own ecosystem at peace because there's enough food for everyone and uh Iguanas didn't have to grow bigger because it was just sufficient. Everyone could find their food. And it's amazing. It was a, a beyond that at its nature all, its it survival over the years uh, of how these animals coexisted, uh, I think is a great lesson for Earth. Period. OK. So
1: do you think also that the more we travel, the more we are, I would say, more aware that's to protect the environment?
0: Um, definitely, the more you travel, is the. of course, it depends why you travel, but uh, if, if you're traveling to explore and, and, and honestly see how other cultures live and other religions live, other nationalities live, and, and if you do, uh, if you have real effort into, put real effort into understanding how how this world works, uh, it, it, it opens your eyes and it makes you more aware. Uh, I haven't seen people that travel a lot that are very close-minded. Uh, uh, it, there is a percentage for sure but it definitely opens your mind to other things that you've never seen before and it takes you out of a shell or a box that you've lived in constantly and allows you to challenge yourself and say you know what this is different and i, I highly encourage people to live abroad for a bit because what this allows you to do is just change your assumptions not necessarily to the good or bad but it's just a, it's an important way of viewing the world that everyone grows believing their assumptions are right and travel challenges that because you get to see other people's assumptions and live through it. And I would highly advise living in a country where, of course, don't go to somewhere dangerous, but live in a place where you challenge your assumptions. Don't take the same, don't travel across the road, like travel far and teach yourself, the. the as long as you're safe, teach yourself what is different ways of eating, living and. Uh, uh, how relationships work and uh, just learn about cultures because that what allows you to do is uh, change your camera angle, which is sometimes really important to solve problems.
1: Yeah. Okay. So thank you for your insight. And uh, how can I reach you?
0: Uh, I can. Uh, my email would be great. Uh, I have Ahmed at aknsolutions.com. So A H M E D at aknsolutions.com uh, is my preferred email
1: okay so thank you for your time and uh, i wish you all the best for this year and also amazing travel also for new destination
0: have a great day too
1: yeah thank you bye